0: Wait. I love that noise.
1: Is Enzo okay? Does Enzo want to be on the podcast?
0: Um, I don't know if you can see him. He has a stick.
1: Enzo!
0: Well, I have my headphones in.
1: Oh. Repeat everything that I'm saying to Enzo. Okay.
0: Well, he's got to go P-O-T-T-Y, so I think uh, we'll have to wait.
1: Oh, Whenever we me. get home...
0: Uh, whenever we get home from being uh it could be five minutes it could be five hours it doesn't matter Enzo gifts us with a stick
1: is it the same stick or a different stick
0: yeah no it's the same exact one we uh we have no uh boundaries with our child so we let him bring outdoor sticks inside of our home and so much we love him
1: interesting Mm -hmm. what what else what other kinds of sticks does enzo have in the bag
0: not blades he doesn't play blades if that's what you're getting at really yeah no he's was
1: he a cavity back
0: he's a shot game improvement kind of guy he's got (laughs) crippling anxiety so he needs all the help that he can
1: get (laughs)
0: everybody welcome to listen to podcast we um, we have a very special show for y'all tonight um, that being said I Maya's in bed I'm just in bed Maya's in bed I'm pissed off um, uh, yeah but at this point y'all know me it's uh it's me Jacques Cousteau uh, shankini and I am joined by my lovely co-host
1: Maya that's me <laughs> Also, <laughs> chaotic just,
0: energy today
1: i really oh no i i also have come to to learn to find out today from our dear friend shane who is engaged to his fiance Anne, and i love them both so much um yeah. but shane today was like maya i thought you were at the shortest five five and no yeah, sir. i'm not I'm a tiny little munchkin, and I'm actually five <laughs> two, but apparently I just have five seven energy. Anyway, you know what? That's I'm so close to the ground. I'm really Are you saying petite, you're really petite. But Delicate. also, I was gonna say that because I'm so close to the ground, that's the reason why I hit it so far.
0: I love that. Keep that center of gravity close to the ground. See? I um that's really interesting that you have a height thing as well because or that people think that you're taller because I always tell people I'm five five but I always tell people I'm like yeah I'm like five seven five eight I'm not
1: oh yeah I thought it was five three for years and then Sam recently measured me and I'm just fully five two I'm like cool. off to go uh have an identity crisis. Just be like Tom Cruise and wear inserts in your boots.
0: Okay. Maya, we have a really, as, as teased, we have a very special episode tonight. I figured, you know, we're like episode, I don't know, what episode is this? Episode 10? Episode 9? Something. I don't know. You know, we've been, we've been around this block a couple of times, and I realized that our lovely viewers have no fucking clue who we actually are. You know what I mean? Like, they yes. don't know why we are qualified to pop off on the shit that we pop off on.
1: And I, I mean, famously, tonight... we're not.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, famously, we just talk shit and, like, overqualify I think we're perfectly qualified to talk shit. But I thought tonight would be a really good time to... Give the people what they want, you know, like give the people a little bit of insight onto, you know, into who we are, how we got to this point, why we're so fucking hot, you know, that kind of stuff. I don't know. What are your thoughts on this?
1: I mean, I really do want to say to the listeners who are like coming here to this episode in particular to hear who we are. Instead of the first two episodes, which both Liz and I did with Group Golf Therapy, mm-hmm. how dare you? You were supposed to be our fans? Like They're <laughs>
0: thick and thin. And you pitches are just here for the thin part or the thick part, if you know what I mean.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, but in all seriousness, um, if you want to hear more, uh, do like kind of a deep dive with Liz and I. Um, we were the first two episodes of Group Golf Therapy. And yeah, you can come to get to know us a little bit more. Um, yeah. And then today, I don't, I, what are, what's on the agenda today for getting well, to know us?
0: So I just, I really wanted to take this time to introduce ourselves as golfers. Um, mostly like, you know, our experiences in golf, our backgrounds in golf, uh, how we got to where we are. You know, that kind of stuff. Because famously, okay, so here is where the spawn of this uh, started. I was on a expedition to explore a planet that wasn't ours. And I was on a ship with an android that got planted. I had a seed planted inside of me. I'm It's alien. So then I was laying on the table and something was like, <gasps> and then scuttled across like the floor a- and we had to kill it. A yeah, so I was thinking hugger? Yeah, I got a face hugger. So I was thinking that we would describe where the face huggers came from.
1: What the fuck?
0: Yeah, this is too chaotic. You're right. You're right. You're
1: right. You're right. You're right. Um Yeah, okay. So, li- Dial li- okay. back. first, 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 first. Um can you, what was your first set of clubs that you can remember? Oh, like, that's what a great do you, question. What, do you, what were they?
0: So my first um, set of clubs were actually a Fisher Price plastic set. Um, because famously, I've been in this game quite literally since I could walk. So, um, oh, actually this is a great opportunity for our, this is giving me great inspiration for our Instagram post about this because my first set of clubs is me like as a three year old, just like victory holding my blue Fisher price plastic, like wedge thing over my head, like the victor that I was, um, that was my first set of clubs. What about you? I was also like four ish.
1: I can't remember, like, I don't have a clear picture of what my first set of clubs looked like, but oh, I have man. this distinct memory of getting the tailor-made R7 driver when I was oh. like, I don't remember how old I was, when I was like a tween, a teen.
0: I mean, R7, that's gotta be like 2000 and, I'm gonna say seven. 2007, 2008
1: damn yeah so uh, little me yeah wait, 2000 and f-
0: 2005
1: yeah I was gonna say it was like 2008 seems no because I was definitely in like middle school so <laughs> um, it's definitely
0: younger than that
1: <laughs> I was definitely not I was like wait a second when did I go to high school and when did I graduate high school uh, um I'm cursed. old cursed
0: age. um
1: But, no, I remember getting this, like, tailor-made R7 driver, and I was so protective over it. I wouldn't let anybody touch it. I would, like, clean it meticulously. There was this one boy who I played with. His name was Neil, not my Neil or the other Neil that I'm calling. Or my Neil. (laughs) Or your Neil. It's a different Neil. Um, But (laughs) I remember him, like, wanting to play with it. And I was just like, no, fuck you, boy. And I was like, very, well, I didn't say fuck you, because I was like, it, it's seventh grade or something. Frick you, boy. Frick but you, boy. But I remember boy. being so, like, protective over it. I was like, don't you dare mess up my driver. Um oh, I love that. Oh, I yeah. love that. And so that's kind of like, one of my first, like, very clear. First core, first core like golf, golf memories. Core, a core golf memory, the TaylorMade R7 driver.
0: Oh, I love that. I wish, uh, so I will say I have a memory of my first like big driver and that was the G4 from Ping, which was fucking sick. And I remember, I distinctly remember I cracked it (laughs) during districts one year in high school golf. And that was the first time that, like I, I mean, I was a kid, so I'd had that driver like year after year after year. And I just remember being like, my career is over. Like I cracked my, I cracked, I cracked my big old driver, but it's interesting that you are very protective over that driver because one of my biggest, cause I want to ask you this question, your biggest superstitions in golf, because oh. mine, when I was a kid and in high school, I used to have a big superstition of cleaning my clubs. I was like,
1: just about to say that.
0: Yeah, but the opposite. I would never clean my clubs because I thought it was bad luck to clean
1: my clubs. Wait, what?
0: Yes. So I would have, like.
1: Who are you, Jake Gyllenhaal? Oh.
0: I wish. Speaking of face huggers, you know what I mean?
1: (laughs) Him and his sister. I mean. Me,
0: actually, me and either and Hall sibling, I'd be perfectly comfortable with. But yes, I used to have this big superstition around not cleaning my clubs, and I would never clean my clubs. So they were just caked with dirt and
1: birdies, and I just never cleaned it off. Yeah, that's insane. I had a couple <laughs> of superstitions, um, because famously as like a hindu woman i'm exotic in that way with my religion um
0: exotic. only
1: i can say that because i just don't don't quote me on that if you are not hindu um yes. anyways, <laughs> anyways uh can to not- tell that liz and i are both a few drinks in um, i am
0: loving our energy tonight <laughs> this
1: is fucking energy gas. Yes. Okay. But okay. So my superstition, speak, go, going first from the cleaning club thing, when I was playing pro, I think towards the tail end of my college career, I got like really, really obsessive about cleaning my shit after every round. So I would like take my irons out, I'd I put them that. in like the bathtub, get some like soapy water, and like go ham. Yeah. Literally just, just like. like-
0: yeah. I don't know if the people can hear this, but I'm scrubbing exactly my Exactly like that. Clean.
1: Scrubbing bubbles. Um, and then I also, the other, this is like even more insane. I feel like cleaning clubs is pretty normal. I would fucking clean my golf shoes, but not just like in a casual, like just wiping them down. Oh, no. I would get a disposable toothbrush, put some toothpaste on it. And clean my shoes because it was good for the leather.
0: I mean, whatever, dude. I mean, yeah, I guess. Like, thirty-year-old Liz understands that and agrees with you. Seventeen-year-old Liz would be like, "You're a dork."
1: Yeah, no, exactly. But my other, my other, what are my other superstitions? I was very, very, and I still am like very, very obsessive about certain routines. So mm-hmm. I know when I oh yeah. sorry when I was like marking my balls, it was always <laughs> Mark my balls. I would always have three dots like right underneath the number um, on the ball that I'm playing
0: horizontally or
1: vertically. No, just like in a little triangle. Oh cute, 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 cute. Um, and then I, I like would that. have a line around it and then I would write my name in Hindi um which like in hindi the language there's always a line on top of all of the letters so i use the alignment line on the ball as the top of my and that's how i marked my ball um but yes so like all of my balls would be marked the same way with the line and my name but only the ball that i was had in play would have the three dots I would only do that, like, right as I went on to this tea. Like, the T. What first a tea. psycho.
0: Okay. I do, like,
1: the three dots. Interesting. Um, I like that. Insane. Uh, I would also... This I mean, like, this is more of an abusive thing that came from my coach. But oh. I would... I wouldn't leave, like, the practice green until I made... Well, this isn't during tournaments. This was just during practice. But I wouldn't leave the mm-hmm. green until I made... 53 foot putts in a row
0: oh don't even get me started on like
1: and then I would go back yeah and it got by the end of college it was like 56 foot putts in a row and then I could leave <laughs> which is yeah, like so stupid <laughs> that is
0: insane. astronomically difficult like that is That's so insane. hard to do I yeah, yeah. So, okay, so many things of that are- re- uh resonating, which i one I think this goes to show that like no matter where you are in your current golf relationship, you will always have these memories like burned into your fucking brain for the rest of your life like I'm gonna be seventy five years old thinking about these moments, but
1: tomorrow the
0: the <laughs> tomorrow when I turn seventy years old, yeah, that's funny <laughs> bitch. Because I'm a year older than you. Okay. <laughs> Although I have been having
1: quite a... 69. Uh,
0: nice. I, <laughs> I'm currently 69 years old. Honestly, my joints feel like I'm 400 years old right now. But anyway. I
1: have a fucking heating, vibrating back brace on right now because my Ooh, back hurts. Talk dirty to me. But
0: I will say that the ball... The ball marking thing is very, that's hitting real hard because when I was younger and even like my amateur career leading into my professional career, I used to have like a religious experience marking my balls. I would do it the night before a tournament. Yes. yes. Like as psycho, I'd be like, okay. Like when I was a kid, my mom used to take me to all my tournaments and then in college, well- my other mom, my college coach, would take me there, and then in the summer times, it would be back to you know either my mom or my other teammates or whatever. And I remember like thinking at dinner the night of, I'd be like, "I gotta get home to mark my balls, man! Like I can't be here." And then I would be, you know, it's like nine forty five when I'm getting ready for bed, and I'm like, like,
1: "So, did you have no same? I mean, like <laughs> that? Hits. We're insane. We're insane." um but did you have like a particular number that you would do like I was four
0: three two one four three two one in that order had to be
1: oh I was I would only play one and three wow (laughs) ones and threes and then I would take the twos and fours and throw them in like my shag bag they were like my. (laughs) I would burn them And then I also would only play, this was when Nike golf was still a thing, like in terms of equipment, but because I, you know, like we both grew up in the Tiger Woods era, um, this like, you know, biracial black Asian man. I was like, look, dad, Asians. (laughs) Well, there were many other Asians on tour, but like, (laughs) here's a brown Asian, um, a brown and black Asian. Anyways. Um. I also recognize that Vijay Singh was on the tour, but I just really, Tiger was a different animal. Chaos. Um, Chaos. Uh, But, like, (laughs) this
0: is going to be so funny to listen to. Connor's going to be like, oh, God.
1: Just, like, never let these girls drink alcohol before they do this podcast. For, the right,
0: for context, this is me. I've, I had three beers.
1: I had one June shine. We are twisted. We're great. Um, What was I going to say? What was I even talking oh, no, about? So- DJ
0: Singh, Tiger Woods, Brown <laughs> yeah, Asians.
1: So brown Asians. Um, brown and Black Asians. Uh, no, so obviously obsessed with tiger and I was like I wanna be like tiger I wanna be like tiger and so I was like I gotta play like all Nike shit and then I basically like I didn't because Nike's clubs were like not great and whatever. I don't even know why. Like I don't think I really cared at that time but I did love my R7 driver. Um <laughs> I loved it. Peace. R Rest I P <laughs> um but I was like, I'm only going to play the same golf ball as that Tiger Woods does, and he was playing the Nike. This was like post what Bridgestone, like no, in the pre, middle when he... pre Bridgestone. No, Stone. he was Bridgestone before Nike. He's Bridgestone now, and he's Bridgestone now. He like sandwiched. Um, ah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Let's see. Okay, I don't feel like looking that up. Yeah, just take our well, word for we're, it.
0: <laughs> we're, we're, we're misinformers on the internet. We spread misinformation <laughs> on the internet. So Take our word for g- it. <laughs> I'm going to say it.
1: Um, so it was like the Nike resin, like the RZN, and then the Nike one, like where the mm. zero, not the zero, the O had like a little red dot in the middle of it. Those were awesome. the balls that I would like play and I was... Like, I can only play these two balls. I was so obsessive about it. <laughs> for the rest of your life. No, and then, like, obviously, I, you know, like, the only ball I play now is Uncommon, which is, yeah. like, a hundred times better. Model 55, baby. Um, But yeah, basically, my standards for a golf ball, it, like, has to have a decent amount of softness to it. And then I realized that The balls don't make the player. It's the player that makes the balls. Oh, see, I would. I, oh, I, mm, I disagree. Interesting.
0: I, I do also play an uncommon ball as well. I play the same one. But I do, I think that the ball makes a huge difference for players. But that is also just an excuse to make me sound way smarter than I am. Anyway, no, that's not true. I actually, I think that the golf ball is like the cherry on top of a cake. Like, yeah, you you have to be a good player. And then I'm like, oh yeah. Okay, great. A ball will make you better. But let me ask you this. When I love that the golf ball thing is like, I mean, I would hope that somebody who's listening to this gets like Put back in their chair of like, oh fuck! Like I want to unlock like, those awful memories that you had when you were a kid. You know what I like mean. It's
1: like we are entering the Speed Force. Dare I say it? Oh
0: Yes. Dare like, I here. say it? Put
1: Where your were you? Seatbelt
0: on now, baby.
1: Where were you when Flash entered the Speed Force? I mean, I don't even know that reference, so. Oh, wow. Shame. Shame. It won the most fan cheer moment of the movies of the last year at the Oscars. So famously, on Sunday night at the fucking Oscars, they played a scene from Zack Snyder's The Justice League of The Flash entering the fucking Speed Force. Because the fans voted for that as being the most cheer-worthy movie moment of the last year. That sounds... That feels like like it
0: doesn't add up to me.
1: Yeah, so where were you?
0: I... Well, I guess I would have been watching that movie for four hours or however long it was. I did attempt to watch that movie for the record. Oh, it's
1: bad. It's bad. We have gotten I mean, so off track.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. Okay, Connor, just cut, cut. We're going to have a lot of cuts, but it doesn't matter. Okay, Maya, I'm asking, I'm dying to ask you this question because this is the question that prompted. So, a few days ago on the Loose Impediments page, the IG page that we that we collaboratively run, Um, I had posted about like, hey, what would y'all like to hear? Our loving, wonderful fans. And you better believe the first response that we got was like, your worst memory in golf, which I live for that. Which I I don't wanna necessarily talk about the worst memories that we have in golf, but I do wanna talk about like, a memory that you think really defined your career in golf could be good could be bad could be you had a hole in one.
1: Oh my god apparently recently I discovered that I have had a hole in one but I fully don't fucking remember it oh interesting. my mom my mom, we were doing like this other podcast with Connor, with my mom, and she was like, yeah, did this like whole detailed memory of like, what? because she took me to every golf tournament, basically, but us oh, yeah. like whole detailed memory of a hole in one that I got. And I was sitting there being like, wait,
0: there is something about a mother that can remember every thing. A golf mom can remember every last thing blessed moment my mom does this to me too. she'll be like hey do you remember when we were sitting on that bench that one time when you were playing in North Carolina when you were 14 and I'm like no
1: yeah no exactly and then my mom will remember every single girl that I played with too and I'm just like her egg um (laughs) gay uh No, that was a Arrested S- Development reference. God damn! Oh, for
0: God's sake, not. Uh, you know what? Look, I ep- season one and two of that show were so good. Season three made me want to never like pluck it out of my memory bank forever. Speaking of memory bank, Maya, what do you think was the most memorable time in your golfing career? Good, bad, ugly. Hopefully, it's good. But most memorable time.
1: Okay, I have two so one of them was in was like my senior year of college so this is right before my coach started like the thick of her abuse uh towards me so it was like Mm -hmm. kind of the last good memory before all of that started but we played at um Jekyll Island, there was this like D3, kind of like the who's who of teams, and we go and play in this like, kind of pre-nationals event, Um, and which I loved, because I ate a fuck ton of barbecue when I was down there. But anyways, Jekyll Island, famously in Georgia, famously where there are alligators, Um, we... So this this tournament, it was like the last day, I think Uh, they were doing live scoring. So and I don't actually remember exactly how it worked. Anyways, live scoring was happening. I was the one keeping score and I had like my mom's phone and it was like on airplane mode or something. So it's like Mm -hmm. I don't want my own phone. Um, and so I could see everything that was happening. And like, I, our team was leading, like, we were just like, right there. And it was like, fuck, 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 we could win this thing. We could win this thing. It's a big and win. What? They said that's, a that would be a big win. Yeah, no, it would be fantastic. I mean, spoiler alert, we did win. But All of that comes to like me being like really anxious and like hyper aware of everything that was happening, like on the rest of the course with my team and like knowing where I was and like being like, okay, I need X amount or I need to like, you know, shoot X in order to make sure we stay at the top. Right. Right. So get to like 16, I think it was of that hole, which is this just par four that's on the whole left side lined by water, like this big fucking lake, oh right? Oh and then the boy. fairway the fairway slopes down towards that lake and then on the right side, on the other side of the fairway is like OB. So you're basically like fucked um, yeah. and have to hit it like dead straight. And so for somebody who has like a natural draw, um, I was like, God, this fucking sucks. I don't know where to aim. Oh, I wonder who that could be. Oh. And so I hit it down it hits like gets a shit bounce off the fairway and it rolls down the side so it's like kind of on the side of the hill by the water so I'm like oh fuck I need to par this hole otherwise like our team is gonna be fucked um <laughs> and so I go and I stand in the water I was like yeah I'm not taking a drop I'm gonna I can hit this I can hit this shoes on, on shoes off shoes off on. Shoes off. Shoes off. Ooh, Get in the water. Hit the shot. Like, hit a great shot. End up parring the hole. But I later find out, like, as I was walking up from that shot, my abusive coach and my mom were, like, kind of screaming, waving at me. And I was like, I don't know what the fuck is happening. Like, fuck my coach. She can scream as much as she wants. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and apparently... There was a fucking alligator like five feet behind me that entire fucking time. <laughs> and so Stuck I just, this, like
0: It's like this have... in the water. Like, oh, hell yeah. I'm about to fucking
1: munch on this. Yeah, no, exactly. And it's super funny because it's like all i remember like i all i was like focusing on on that was like god i have to hit the shot i can't fuck up i can't fuck up and then i'm Man, like damn i prize, did it, it i did it i did it and i'm and like the oh, whole time fuck, your I mother was is like like <laughs> yeah <laughs> um you so i what? think i think i'm gonna go with that being my like biggest me- the other one is like when i was really young and both my mom and i were playing like this was when like all my mom, dad, and I were all playing golf. We'd go out as like a family and everything. Yeah. And my mom parred a hole and I didn't. And I threw a temper tantrum. She beat I was you on upset. a hole. She beat me on one hole. And wow. so then I threw a club into a tree. I mean, you
0: know what? I don't know how many emotional outbursts that I've just been ashamed and embarrassed by out on the golf course. Yeah, I, I, I have to, say what are yours? So the first one that comes to mind was senior year of college. Um, I never won in college, which I think is interesting because like, I'm good, you know, like, I feel like I should have at least won one time, but it always eluded me. So case in point. My senior year, we were playing at uh, Oklahoma's tournament, and it's called the Schooner Classic. It's sponsored. So it, the big twist is that it's sponsored by Toby
1: Keith. Oh my it's God, I thought like you were going to say PXG.
0: No, 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 no. It's well, I, th- I mean, it may be now. I don't know. Who knows now? This would have been 2014, um, 2013 to 14, which was my senior year. But um, Same. So I, um, so yeah, so we were playing in this event and it was a really funny tournament because I am not like a big country music gal or like, like modern country. I don't really know very well. And so I'm playing this event, the final round I'm shooting, I'm playing really well, end up shooting 64 that day. And the whole time there's this big fucking dude watching me and I had no idea who this fucker was. And so we get to the end of the, the end of the event and I'm, I'm asking my coach, I'm like, who is this guy? And she was like, that's Toby Keith. And I was like, ah, okay. So, uh, I, so yeah, play really well this final day. I am in first place. There is one team that has to finish up and it's LSU. And I'm like, I am going to (laughs) win. Like I'm going to win this event. It's my senior year. Like I, I am gonna win this fucking golf tournament for the first time. This is gonna be great. Um, I came in second. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh, I no. came in well, second. I'm not- <laughs> um, yeah.
1: So <laughs> I, I had well, and the fucking I'm not laughing was- at you. I'm laughing with you. No. Just, this no, happened to me too. So, this happened to me
0: too. I. This is so burned into my memory bank. But so I had like a multiple stroke lead and I ended up losing to Madeline Sagstrom. <sighs> Cause she, I shot 64 the last day. She fucking, she played lights out. She shot like 67 or 66. Like this killer round beats me by one. And I was like, I'm done. Like I'm fucking leaving. I'm quit. I quit. Like I'm out of here. Uh, so that's my core memory number one. So that's great, and then core memory number two is when I won uh, in Colorado for sure. Oh, because I won a lot of money.
1: Uh, and <laughs> you're going back to play this year, right? Or next year?
0: Do I you don't have know. an exemption? So I'll have an exemption for. I think I can't remember like when the uh, exemption expires. I'm probably not going to be able to go play because I'm playing in the shop right. That is um, the, so the Colorado open um, is what, so I won the Colorado open for the viewers. (laughs) I won the Colorado open in 2017. um, And from that, I get to have a really long exemption time. I think it's 10 years. Oh, Um, damn. Yeah. It's, it's a really long amount of time. So I'm probably not going to do it. So the Colorado open ends on like June 4th or 5th and then the shop right is like June 8th like they're they're way too close together so I don't I don't I don't really want to take that much time off of teaching so but okay so I know we're 30 minutes into this bitch but what I really wanted to do is give the people a chance to know where we went to college uh you know like like the fast facts, like if you were to give the people fast facts about yourself, okay, do that
1: the stats a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away oh my called... God. <laughs> um no, okay, so fast facts. um, uh, my name is Maya Reddy. Uh, I've been playing golf since I was three years old um I Went to Claremont McKenna College, was a three-time All-American there, um, then, you know, worked in the film industry for a bit before. I was like, oh, wait, I really fucking miss playing golf. Uh, so I quit. Um, and to be clear, I fucking love my boss. I should probably text him back because we were supposed to catch up and then I just forgot. Um, I mean. But, oops. Uh, I love him. Uh and he, if you're in LA, him and his wife own a sweet shop, I think in Echo Park or Silver Lake. It's called Tuesday Sweet Shop. Uh go check it out. Uh, because their daughter's name is Tuesday. Anyways, love the Royfs. Um, so I was working in the film industry, really, really missed playing golf, like felt like I had a lot of unfinished business. So I was like, fuck it, like I'm gonna go play pro for a bit. Um, so I did that for like two and a half years, played on the mini tours, had some Metro status, um, was doing this all during the Trump election, and there was a lot of fucking racism, xenophobia, and homophobia um mm-hmm. that I had to go through, including from, and I think in prior episodes I've mentioned it, but like, including from tournament directors, uh, who would like say this shit to your face on the first tee. Um, so I had to take a step back from the sport, um, because shockingly, it's really hard to, uh, navigate, A lot of really shitty things being thrown at you, like set at you. Interesting. And also, like, play golf well. Interesting. Interesting. It's so wild.
0: Wow. Okay. So you're saying that people can have access to mental health and improving their mental health? That's crazy. As a golfer, I wouldn't know.
1: Yeah. Wild. also, a wild thing then is like I clear looking back on it, I clearly needed therapy. And I got I started going to therapy at, after this because it was like my it kind of going through or having to navigate all of that discrimination, like really, really fucked me up and I think triggered my first really big depressive episode. Um mm. And so I like, you know, started going to therapy, which was amazing, but Prior to this, prior to going to therapy, I was like, fuck, what's wrong with my head? Like I can't play well. Spoiler mm-hmm. alert, it was the discrimination. So I went to a fucking mental coach who like is not licensed in anything. It's just like some white guy that's like has a statue of Buddha and like some Tibetan prayer flags. Have you ever his... thought about breathing, Zomaya? Have you thought about breathing? Right. I think calamari the other day calamari airlines posted something (laughs) where it was like um all these tips on how to play well where it's like quiet your mind just like reframe those thoughts and like calamari was just like yeah as soon as you start doing that you're gonna fucking shank the ball um hey have, have you ever just thought about not being poor
0: have you ever just thought about not being depressed Maya
1: I know shocking Um, But yeah, so I ended up taking a step away. But in all of that, I became more involved with Athlete Ally and doing advocacy um, work with inclusion in sports. Um, And that led me down the path to where I was like, I want to do more of this stuff. Like, I want to fight for more inclusion in sports, um, not solely golf, but sports in general, uh, specifically for queer and trans athletes of color. Um, and I was like, you know what would help or what I feel like could be really cool going to law school and learning the law to like, help with policy advocacy. So get it. I am Ooh. now in law school, and I'm finishing law school. And it's like a really interesting trajectory for me, because it's like, I graduated from college, I retired and played golf all the time, and then I came out of retirement to go to law school, so like, am I just a white man?
0: I think it's really important for you to look at yourself in the mirror and ask yourself that question, you know? Yeah, inside of us are two wolves. A gay one? Wait, what was it? A gay one and a white man? Apparently, (laughs) I mean, look, I fight that dichotomy every single day of my life, especially right now, because I have knee pain. I'm like, am I just an old overweight white dude? You never know. I think that's amazing. I, you know, honestly, I think it's so um, admirable for a lot of like the idea of having a traumatic or painful or hurtful relationship with golf is so universal. Like everybody that I know that has been playing golf for over 10 years has a painful relationship with the game. And somehow we are still here. You know what I mean? Like it is, it's so admirable for people to stay in something that has caused so much pain. And I don't think that's a testament to golf. I think that's more of a testament to you as a person.
1: And it's like, I mean it's you taken a really long. Time. It's taken a long time for me personally and it's only been kind of like recently like in the past year and a half I think where my relationship with where I've like fallen in love fallen in love with the sport again with me with you um yeah. But in this way where it's like I'm getting a lot of joy out of it. And it's not to say that, like, when I was playing competitively, like, I wasn't getting joy out of it. But it was just this different kind of, like, you're so in it. You're so focused on, like, the success and, like, the getting better. And there isn't, like, a lot of room to just feel, like, to have fun. Even though that's basically what makes you play the best. Um, So it's been... I don't know. It's been really cool to like fall back in love with the sport and also try to do like, I don't know, like do whatever we can to help make it more inclusive and less really fucking stuffy. Make it way, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you know, I know we've,
0: we've mentioned this before on this, on this podcast, but, or, well, actually, now that I'm saying that, I think we've mentioned it more so on, GGT when we were with those boys but just being somebody that you would have liked to have had when you were a kid you know I think that is such a like man the thing that really keeps me going in a lot of ways you know just thinking about like the shitty moments that I had or that we had when we were at any level of golf junior collegiate professional like you know I wish I had somebody that took the time to either like just hear me out or want to do the activities that I wanted to do or just like relax, not talk about golf or something, you know, I would just, I wish I had more outlets. Um, and that's a huge motivation for what we do now, you know, just trying to be better for the future golfers.
1: What about you? What tell us about you?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Who are you? who am I? Oh, bitch
0: well we're gonna need a lot longer than you know uh hour-long podcast to talk about who i am but um so i'm liz i'm elizabeth breed my middle name is lincoln too my oh full that's government really name. Sweet. yeah elizabeth lincoln breed is my full name but
1: so Can i call I you was... lynn
0: what no Of all the cool names that Elizabeth (laughs) Lincoln Breed could provide, you choose Lynn? Are you fucking kidding? No. You could have picked Colon.
1: Colon. Yeah, like C-O-L-N? That's not a col... Oh, I see what you did there. You know what? I don't need this. I need support. So
0: I... Yes, so I was born in southern PA. I'm from a little town that's just outside of Gettysburg. And... If your reference point is Gettysburg, Pennsylvania, that, that you know you're in the fucking boonies. But so like you, I also had a golf club put into my hand when I was really little. My dad, uh, my dad was a club professional um uh in West Virginia. And then when my parents moved to PA, he had already gotten out of golf, but you know, golf was still very much in our family's uh you know DNA. So I played My older brother played, my older sister played, my dad played. It was very, very much in our family. Um, I didn't really love golf when I was really, really young, mostly because, you know, my, at the time when I was, you know, under the age of 10, I was going around and traveling a lot with my mother, who was taking my brother out to his events. So he, he, you know, my brother was playing in AJGA events, IJGT events, you know, long before I was. Um, so I would just be the little like six, seven, eight-year-old kid that was just fucking running around a golf course, bored out of my mind, collecting pine cones and, you know, farting around. Um, so, yeah, I didn't really enjoy golf until I started to get really good at it, which I think, you know, started my... Uh, my, uh, inferiority complex really young, but I started to get pretty good at golf when I was like 11, 12. Um, that's when I got my first swing coach. That's when I got my first like fitted set of clubs. That's when I got my first, uh, taste of, you know, more national golf. Um, so yeah, that's when I really started like traveling the country, which like at the time, I mean, it's, You know, at the time, a lot of this stuff felt so normal to me, like just going to Timbuktu and playing in a golf tournament, like being in Pennsylvania, traveling to Texas or wherever to go play in a golf tournament when I was 14 felt so normal. But now I look at that and I'm like, what the fuck, kid? Like you could have been hanging out with your friends or like having a social life. Like, I don't fucking know. Anyway, so... Um, Yeah, that's when I started my, you know, kind of like national golf journey. Um, I had a lot of success, my sophomore, junior and senior year of high school, won a couple of AJGA events, played really well in all their um, invitational circuits, which like, maybe still is the highlight of my golfing career, winning an AJGA the Putterhead cover?
1: I was just about to ask. Did the Putterhead putter cover. cover.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had two of them, and honestly, they were two shitty ones. I had the silver one with the white AJGA logos on it, Uh-oh. and then I had the white one with all the multicolored AJGA logo- logos on it.
1: Hi, Gay. Do you still have them?
0: Uh, yeah, they're at my parents' house for sure. Because there's no, I will never forget my mom trying to give them to, so my mom, she's a school teacher. Well, now she's retired, but she was a school teacher. So like if we had old clubs or shoes or whatever, she'd always try to donate them to the, the local golf course that I grew up playing. And Susan tried to take my AJGA head covers. And I was like, mom, get your grubby paws off those. Those are mine. I worked hard for those when I was sixteen. Okay. Anyway, um, actually, fun fact about AJGA events: um, Cole Young of Metalwood, which I think we may talk about him on every single episode so far. Say lovey. He and I played in the same AJGA event when I was I was a senior. Cole's a little bit younger than us. We played in the same AJGA event.
1: Really? Wait, Cole I'm is younger either.
0: than us. I won that week. Cole did not. Anyway. Uh, yes. Cole is I think a year or two younger than me, but, um, yeah. So that was a snippet of my junior career. I, um, I decided to play my college golf at the university of Kentucky. Um, so I was there from 2010 to 2014. Um, we were a solid team. I mean, you know, SEC golf is like, you know, as good as it gets besides, you know, like sec. And then like the, you know, California pac 10, all those teams. Um, So I was able to play against a lot of, you know, really great players, Gabby Lopez, Stephanie Beto, uh, you know, like all the girls from like UF South Carolina, like a lot of those girls, um, Marina Alex, Sydney Clanton. Like I just remember like a ton of really great players. So, when it came time for me to turn pro, it's not that I necessarily thought it was going to be easier or, you know, I knew I had to play really well. I definitely thought that the resources were going to be a lot more upfront. (laughs) Um, So I distinctly remember, I'm not going to name names because fuck, I mean, this this, is, this is a universally disliked person that's PXG. on no 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 but they do they do work for a manufacturer but i remember my senior year we were playing at vanderbilt's tournament and do you remember did you guys have this when um you were at events where there would be somebody being like what clubs do you play what ball do you play um I no, because the
1: actual term for it i was in d3 and famously well, no one gives a shit about <laughs>
0: yeah, well okay so I, um, I had a particular person asking me these questions and it was like, basically just like a tally, you know, to see what the most popular ball was that week or club or whatever. And this person was like, Hey, when you turn pro, let me know, you know, we'll get you signed. Everything will be great. And I was like, okay. So when I did turn pro um, this particular person left me high and dry, told me that I wasn't good enough, that I, I didn't meet their, their qualifications as a player. I, when I graduated my senior year, I was top 30 in the country individually and I was told I wasn't good enough. I was like, okay. So then I signed with Callaway and Nike right out, (laughs) right out of school. Like it was just, you know, and that's the thing that I think, you know, I know, I know we talk about like the stark differences between men and women's golf, but that's the thing. Like that is such a prime example of what it's like, what it's kind of like, like I, yeah, I'd never won in college, but like, I I had I'm a multiple record holder at Kentucky. I was on exceptionally good teams. I had I had to fight for resources. I had to have referrals to get signed with Callaway and Nike.
1: Yeah, and, you know, and it's and just if like, you're not, if you're yeah. not in that. Like, it's crazy because it's like I've played with girls in D3 who are just as good as the girls in D1. Yeah. And yet it's like, nope, it's a big fuck you because no one will even look at you if you went to a D3, even if your records are just as good. Yeah, even
0: if you have a under par scoring average or whatever. Like, I think,
1: yeah, it's it's such a
0: you know, I have a lot of different, uh, my, you know, my feelings on the NCAA are a lot different now. Like when you're in it, I don't, you know, I, again, so many things were normalized when you're young and in this golf, like the golf world, I think, has a lot of normalized, I mean, a lot of environments have this, but just normalized shitty behavior that you just deal with or that you don't know, you don't know otherwise. So that's just, what you have to put up with. Um, and you know, I look back at all these experiences and just think like, if I had to do that now, knowing what I know, my God, I would be such a fucking demon out there. Holy shit. Like I would just, I feel like I would be calling girls out for being fucking bullies. I feel like I'd be calling, rules officials out for being bullies, tournament directors. I would just be a fucking nightmare. But then again, like I think about those moments when I was 21, 22, 23, I was like really first time out on the tour. And I wish I had somebody that would like, you know, a player that would voice these concerns, you know? Um, So yeah. So to round off my fast facts I graduated in 2014 um won my funny enough I won my professional debut at the Kentucky Open uh and then I was like a really good I would never shoot below 70 but I would never really shoot above like 75 like I was kind of a pretty steady Eddie, I'm famous for like making two or three birdies around and then like one bogey around and be like fuck man but um and then my my biggest win for sure was the the Colorado Open when I won it in 2017 um, played in a bunch of USAMs played in never really I never made it to US Open I missed it by one one year that was pretty sweet it wasn't um, yeah but so so you know now my whole experience is just from playing. Like, you know, I, I accepted my teaching position last year. So, you know, now like knowing what I know as a player, I get to use all of that experience to just try to help somebody play better golf, which I think is really, um, I'm really thankful for that. And I, you know, I love what I do now, you know, being able to get into this realm of making golf better and, and making it more fun and just trying to give some sort of like just relax kind of feeling when you're out there, you know? Um, Yeah. Now, you know, just getting to work with you as well as the three boys. I, I couldn't imagine doing this five years ago, but I'm so fortunate and I feel so glad to be able to do it now. It's like, Golf is so unique that you have these moments that it feels so all consuming, like regardless of what your level is, your D1, your D3, you're a 15 handicap at home, like golf can feel very all consuming and you just, man, if you can have those resources to just help you relax out there, weed, no, <laughs> oh my God, <laughs> smoking weed. But, no, in all seriousness, like, it, it feels so deep sometimes, and I promise it never is. But, man, yeah, those are my fast golf facts. i played a shit ton of golf.
1: On that note, what should our lip out be?
0: This is the lip out.
1: Oh, no, it lived out.
0: Three greatest shots you've ever hit in your life.
1: Okay.
0: All right. So those are our fast facts. I I love our chaos that we brought to this episode. And thank you guys for listening and wanting to learn more about us. Like this whole episode happened because somebody said they just wanted to get to know us more. And I love that. And so we much. brought the chaos. And we brought the fucking chaos, baby. Let's get in the pit. Anyway, oh, yeah, so now it's time for the lip out.
1: Okay. Wow. So top three shots.
0: Yes, so the lip out today is the best, the top three shots you've ever hit in your entire
1: life. So obviously I have to say the alligator shot. I mean. that I obviously, I parred that hole. So like, obviously. That is, Um, I mean,
0: you faced it, you faced, your back was against the fucking wall, literally death.
1: Between a gator and a hard place. Okay. just kidding. Oh. It was like a very soft, like wet. Anyways, Ooh. okay. Other shot. Um, I can't remember. It was like Talking Stick, I think, in mm. Arizona. But there's a par four that's like down. It's just downhill enough that you could drive it, and I, I can't remember the exact distance. But I could drive it. With the three-wood. Like, I didn't even need to use my driver. Humblebrack. But all three days that we were there, I drove the green. And I was just, like, stoked on the fact Damn. that it like, was consistent. <laughs> um, and then, what would my third one be? Oh, did you never played in the um, Kia Classic, did you? I guess it's the GTBC... No invitational or something now um but it was at i never i
0: i never played out west it was always way too expensive it was always too much travel it was yeah no
1: so this was at aviara in carlsbad california and so i was that was my home course at the time so i was like obviously i'm gonna do the monday qualifiers um and so i they always set up which hole is it it is, hold on, 10, <laughs> 11, I think it's like 15 or 16. Okay, so 16 is also like a very slightly downhill par four. Yeah. And you can't really drive the green and normal yardages, but for the tournament, they make it super fucking short. So like the whole thing is like they want girls going for the green But the thing is, is like on the right side, the green is bordered by like a pond, and it's just it's tough because if you get the wrong bounce off of the hill in the fairway, then you're just fucked. Mm -hmm. Um, But I drove that green. I did not make. I did not qualify out of that, obviously. But
0: I did. I mean, that's still big flex. That's still big fucking flex. I mean, that's the thing. Monday
1: qualifiers.
0: It's like your round is either over it's it's like if you're not playing well within the first four holes your rounds over so it's just like just fucking give something to make an impression and i love that well i i am here for the fact that two of those three shots are just because of your raw fucking power dude
1: yeah yeah
0: you're fucking that's yeah that tracks that's big Maya energy is just hitting it fucking really far um so my three are a fun three, oh, not really. Well, my first is the whole one that I had in the fall. That was pretty. Oh tough. yeah, like yeah, that was such an out of body experience. So, um, I was playing Tobacco Road, and um, I was playing with a huge group of people, and I made a one when somebody was live streaming it. So that was pretty fun. Um, And, like, the funny thing about – so the two of the three hole-in-ones that I've had took place in that area. Like, one was at um, Pine Needles, which is where the U.S. Open is going to be this year, and then Tobacco Road. Those courses are 15 minutes away from each other, so that's kind of funny. But all three of the hole-in-ones that I've had, I have hit the purest iron shots of my life, which I think is really interesting because, like, usually – like holding out it's such a like luck thing but yeah. yeah i fucking absolutely striped it was an eight iron i had like 145 just fucking like, right in the hole it was great um so that's gotta be my first one my second one so this is this is great so we were playing in wake Forest's tournament my senior year and man i played like shit the first day <laughs> I shot like fucking 80, like just shit. And I remember the second round, I was like fucking just get me out of here, second round. I'm playing better than I did the first day, but I remember it was this dog leg left. Um, I hit my tee shot into the left trees. I had a gap about yay wide. The green was elevated, bunkers short left and right. So I was just kind of like, man. What, what the fuck does it matter if I try to go for it or if I just, like, punch out? There's literally no difference. So I lace this six iron through the trees to, like, ten feet. And I was just Holy like, shit. Fuck, fuck this game. Like, I was playing some of the worst golf that week, and then I pulled off one of the best shots of my life. It I don't know. And then the third most... Uh, memorable shot, third best shot of my career. Um, this is in uh Colorado. Yes, I am gripping on to the greatest athletic achievement of my life. Uh, suck it anyway. So, uh, the 16th hole, I'm playing, um, I'm in the final group, I'm playing with Jennifer Cupcho, who is chasing me. And I had so the 16th hole is this short little dog leg, but it's very, like, you can't hit it too far because you can get blocked out by some trees. So I hit my hybrid off the tee, and I have a gap wedge, but I have to, like, really fucking, like, launch it to the moon, carry this tree, and anyway. I just bogeyed the 15th hole, hit my tee shot. I hit my second shot to, like, 15 feet, and then I made the 15-footer, and you better believe I screamed to the high fucking heavens and then two more holes went by and I won fifty thousand dollars. So that's, that's amazing. A, that's those are my amazing. three shots. Those are my I, those are my three most memorable shots.
1: And I think that there is a great moment to wrap this all up because I do <laughs> have to poop.
0: I mean, you gotta poop, I gotta eat some ribs. So
1: Yeah. Um yeah, well, so, you can follow yeah. us at loose dot impediments. And then I'm at Maya S. Ruddy and you, ma'am.
0: Uh, yeah. So I am, you can find me at shank.haney or you can just search Jacques Cousteau. And thank y'all for listening. I mean, you know, again, I'm, I'm on this big old kick of gratitude tonight, I guess chaos and gratitude. That oh, chaos and gratitude. I think that's my, my new fucking mantra, but thank y'all for listening. I mean, you know, we try to keep it fun. We try to keep it light, but I think it is really important to know why, uh, we have the opinions and the perspectives that we do. Um, yeah. Bye.